0: Uh, you're listening to the Morning Jam. We've got Marco Galbraith with us this morning. Of course, I don't know what the temperature is in Jersey, but you, you said <laughs> that wrong. <Is> it's <laughs> Jersey. Oh, Jersey. It's... Jersey. Really?
1: Yeah. yeah just just say over there, up oh. over here, over there, over there, over here, over there. <laughs> hey, Mark, over there, over here. <laughs> what are you
0: uh, What are you doing in New Jersey this week?
1: Um, just rainy and miserable, miserable <laughs> but I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I drove up here to do a quick uh, commercial for an insurance company, and I'm driving back home. Oh, wow! Just up and back, yeah. There is no yeah, rest for okay. the
0: weary, is there? No, no,
1: and it's not a fun drive. Lots of toll roads, and jeez, uh, oh, not an not really an enjoyable ride. It's you know what when I when I, I go up here quite a bit to this area, D.C. and, and Baltimore, this area, but uh, right, it's uh, it's nice when I get back. To Charlottesville on twenty nine, headed south, the stress level just goes down because you start opening up to those country roads and the yeah. traffic lightens up, and uh, it's a lot more enjoyable. It,
0: it's so funny. People are like, "Jana, why do you drive so far uh, to come in?" Well, every day when I drive out, and we don't even have that much of a of a city in Lynchburg, but still, the minute right. I get out of of any of that traffic and I hit that back road, I remind myself, ah, oh, this is why. This is exactly it's so one. much
1: more relaxed. Yeah, the country, re- country driving is so much more relaxing. The, the traffic up here is just ridiculous. but mm-hmm. Makes uh, you want to buy yeah. a
0: clunker and just get up there and.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe everybody. Fly, but, <laughs> usually I'll <laughs> fly, but this is right at seven hours. By the time you get to the airport, right. you know, you check in, and you got to go to Charlotte and then go to. <laughs> Jersey, it's you. You might as well just drive anyway. You may as well
0: just drive. Well, we're here to talk about some uh, some headlines this morning, and I want you to weigh in on Uh, crime is uh, going up, and it's creeping ever closer to our colleges. And right now, twenty three states leave the decision to permit or ban concealed carry firearms up to the individual and a lot of colleges now in light of the stories out of charlottesville even the thing going on in idaho are considering banning guns from campus uh, is this a good thing or is it going to leave people more vulnerable than they've ever been before your thoughts
1: i i think uh, <clears throat> i'm kind of stuck in the middle on this because if, if it's difficult you know, the, the best way to yeah it is the, the best way to stop a bad guy during a violent knife or baseball bat or gun attack is with a firearm. And that's just the bottom line. But if we have too many guns on campus, if there is a mass casualty or mass attack, you know, like an active shooter, we could very well likely have good people shooting good people. The police are arriving on scene and they're shooting the good people. Because it's going to be complete chaos. We don't know who the good guys and bad guys are. So I think that we should have... Firearms on campus, I think every facility should have a firearm, but they have to be by well-trained people that are trained with tactics in mind. They're trained with uh, the legal justifiable use of force, of deadly force. There are so many people out there, and they're on camp, uh, college campuses, universities, that are carrying concealed, and they honestly have no clue of what happens if I shoot the bad guy and I miss and I hit an innocent bystander. So we have to think about our backdrop. Backdrop. We have to think about laws. <clears throat> so banning firearms, once they put out the ban that there are no firearms on campus, that is a statistical proven fact. It's a green light for an active shooter.
0: Right. Right. So
1: it's, I'm stuck in the middle. I, I just think that trained professionals, that this country has the money. If we've got money to send to Ukraine, we have money to secure facilities in this country. Mm-hmm. And I think that we should just spend money to have... Trained individuals securing our campuses, hospitals, businesses, facilities. Uh, it, it, Israel does it, right, and, uh, and we should do and it. does it very well. That's right, and it's not intimidating. You know, it's not scary. We can still do it covertly uh, and professionally. But uh, I just, I don't want to. I, I do think it's it's important for each individual to have the option to carry a firearm. But uh, I, I'm just big on training, only because I've seen a lot of people come to my classes. And when I start talking about Virginia law, <clears throat> their jaws drop. Right. And Is I that not the clue? All the time. Yeah. You can't shoot somebody for just coming in your house. Mm, Virginia, you can't. In a lot of states, you can't protect property with deadly force. And, uh, and, you, have and, and so there, you have to feel threatened or you have to feel
0: like there's <throat> imminent danger you know, that's right. Yeah.
1: So, and we I, always have to remember just because we can shoot somebody doesn't necessarily mean we should.
0: Well, so No, they're, because they're, there's they're, ramifications of those choices later. It's not like that's just going to happen and then you're just going to
1: forget about it. And it, Exactly. Right. It's not like on TV where the good guy shoots the bad guy and they're out having drinks or dinner an hour later. High fives. No. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. It's hours and months and years of court proceedings, even if it's a completely justified use of force, you're going to be sued. There's no question about that. There's there's so much to carrying concealed that people, and it's not a big process to go to through to learn the legal ramifications and the legal guidelines, but people really should do it if they're carrying concealed. So, yeah, I you know, I don't want to put out the uh, the information that, yeah, our campus is going to be a uh, gun-free zone. That's the green light. That's a bad so idea. So many active... Yep, so many active shooters, and this is documented, have waited for that firearm to leave before they attacked.
0: Right, right. Now, so, uh, here, but here's the other thing. There have been some colleges, including Liberty University, that has, you know, encouraged responsible um, concealed carry and included that education in the process and an opportunity to... Go to the range and know what your rights are. I mean, it is these are educational institutes. There's no reason for they, them not to do it properly.
1: Yes, and, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to dog anybody out, but I get a lot of Liberty students that'll call me and say, "I need you to teach me how to shoot my firearm." And I'll say, "Well, that's the concealed permit class," and they'll say, "Well, I took that at Liberty, but they didn't teach us how to shoot our gun." Oh Lord! And my head And I get that all the time. I get a lot of yeah. Liberty because
0: that's that not what me. was put out there. That
1: wasn't the yeah. impression no, that it's we not. had. Yeah. Yeah. And I do get Liberty students that have come to me and said, "Oh no, the Liberty class was great. It was. It was. It was dialed in." But uh, I do get quite a bit that have no clue how that firearm operates, but yet they've gotten that class from that uh, organization, and that's scary. You know. Yeah. It, maybe it's not consistent or. Or I don't know, but um, but it all goes back to we've got to make sure we do proper training, and we've got to make sure that people take the time on their own to keep up with the laws and to understand what can I do with this farm. And we have to know how our particular firearm operates: mm-hmm. ricochets, crossfires, uh, overshooting the bad guy, missing the bad guy. A bullet goes in and out of the bad guy. You're responsible for that final destination of that bullet, so it can much be more very expensive. Yeah, it can be very expensive. Uh, in, an in an orchestra can put you in prison if you do the wrong thing.
0: Exactly. Uh, one more question before we let you go. Um, we had an incident in Lynchburg with uh, Liberty University running back who was detained by the LPD, was putting things online about that. A lot of questions about that situation. What do you know about that particular story?
1: I, I, only what I've seen on social media. I did a podcast on it, and I broke it down. Um, I didn't I didn't comment on if LPD did anything right or wrong. I didn't comment on if this uh, football player did anything right or wrong. But I did put out a podcast on what the law says police can do uh, upon entering somebody's house on a domestic violence case and what they can do as far as placing somebody in handcuffs, putting them in the back of the car, detaining them. Because um, we were talking about that of,
0: on the show. It, yeah. This all stemmed from, like, a phone call, and they thought they heard things in the background, and, and Trey and I were talking about it. And I said, you know, if a police officer hears something and they think someone's in danger, they don't have to have a warrant to enter.
1: Right. Right? There's, yeah, it's exigent circumstances. And if there's going to be the destruction of evidence, if there's going to be somebody's life or serious bodily injury uh, that's involved, then the police can just go on in. Now, here's the flip side of this. If LPD had blown off that domestic violence call and that woman that he was fighting with, if he was, I don't know what would happen, but if he was uh-huh. fighting with her, if he severely injured her or killed her, guess who's going to be uh, on the chopping block then? It'll right. be LPD for not doing their due diligence. So they have a duty, and they did that duty. Uh-huh. They investigated a call that they got about a domestic disturbance. And that's what thats what their job is, and that's what they did. Um You're allowed to put somebody in handcuffs to detain them. You're allowed to enter the home for the purpose of an investigation. You can't start opening drawers and cupboards searching because that's not what they're there for. But, uh, you you know, police, law enforcement have a duty to protect people. And from what I've seen on social media and from what I've seen on the videos, they were doing that right now. Maybe they could have. We always have to use verbal judo. And it's always important for police officers to during that incident the video that i saw if there had been a little bit more communication uh it, it may have it may have gone a little bit differently. before and rushing the handcuffs yeah yeah well well in a domestic we want to get the aggressor handcuffed as soon as possible because that's going to keep officers from being injured that's going to keep the victim that maybe he was fighting with from being injured and it's going to keep him from being injured. So mm-hmm. that's common to immediately handcuff somebody. And you tell them, you're not under arrest. You're being placed in handcuffs for my safety and your safety. You you explain it to him, But right. we, we have to make sure that both parties are communicating. Hey, why are you handcuffing me? I'm handcuffing you for your safety and for the purpose of our investigation. You're right. not under arrest. But mm-hmm. there wasn't much communication on either part. And that's where we... we Social media and our cell phones with text messaging has—we've lost the ability to communicate face to face. Yeah. So, and it's easy to rush to
0: judgment. To,
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, from what I've seen, I don't see that LPD did anything wrong, um, and I—I I don't, you know, I don't want to call the shots because I wasn't there, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we just is as, as humans. We need to learn to communicate more and just talk. Bad guys want to be respected and they want to be explained to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And same thing with police officers. Police officers want to be respected, and they just want to do their job. Yeah. Let me get in here and handle this domestic case, make sure everybody's safe, and then I'm going to go to my next call.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. You uh, be careful traveling back from Jersey, and uh, we'll talk to you again <laughs> soon.
1: <laughs> All right. Take care of you guys. Thanks. <laughs> I
0: don't do so well with the Jersey accent, but Jersey. I do try. I try.